Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. It is fabulous to be here again for the EO Atlanta uh, Entrepreneurs Taking Flight podcast. I'm extremely excited about the guests I am interviewing today. She is an organized creative marketing guru, an absolute rock star, a mentor, a talented individual, strategic, extremely efficient, MVP and marketing champion at Salesforce, founder and blogger at The Spot for Pardot, CEO and founder at Secante, Andrea Towell. Yay. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> it's great. Wow, what an introduction. All those things that you have accomplished and are working on, Andrea. I cannot wait to dig in today to learn more about your entrepreneurial journey. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, so, thanks. yeah, sorry. Sorry, Andrea, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but um, let's get going. So my first question to you, Andrea, is what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's a lot. It's always a lot easier to think of all the things that you did wrong in hindsight, kind of inventorying what you do differently next time. Um, but on the question of what what did I get right, I think I think there are probably two things that stand out. Um, one is hiring. Um, I found some really talented people with low egos and just kind of that ethos of being willing to roll up their sleeves and tackle anything together, kind of thing. Um, and those people were were really critical to getting the business off the ground in the early days. Um, the second thing that I think I, I think I did right was um, I launched a blog um, at the same time that I launched my business um, and took a very heavy kind of content marketing focus to just spreading the word about what I was trying to do with Serpente. Um, and that paid off in a huge way. Um, and we're, we continue to see leads for new business, leads for employees, um, all coming in through that blog and content hub that was started on day one of the business. That's amazing. So how, how often do you post that blog? So in the in the early days, um, it was just me writing for it. Um, and once a week, I put together something on something interesting I was building for clients, um, a problem I was running into, just sort of random thoughts on the state of the industry. Um, but it has since morphed into um, the kind of phase two was my, my whole team contributing to that. Yeah. Uh, and we've actually started opening it up to the customer and community submissions also. So um, now I think we're averaging something like 20 posts a month um, and just really high quality content that keeps people um, coming back for more. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, really, really good. Really good education for people who are, you know, considering how to create that stickiness too with your customers, because obviously when you're pushing out something really educational, they want to come back for more, don't they? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I kind of questioned in the beginning, I sort of questioned the utility of that. Um, I'd been a content marketer 
my whole career. Um, but my audience that I'm working to through Circante is all marketers. So I thought to myself, like, okay, surely these people have other places to go to for content. Um, the market's pretty saturated. Is is there really a need for what I have to say? Um, and the answer was yes. And I think for a lot of businesses and a lot of industry spaces, there still is a need for quality content and true thought leadership. Yeah, no, that's really great, great advice. So who are or were your co-pilots on this journey? Um, I would say, I mean, I mean, EO has been a huge part of my journey, um, just finding other business owners to kind of bounce ideas off of. Um, in the very early days, I also just shamelessly reached out to CEOs of some of my competitors and um, arranged little coffee chats and um, was pleasantly surprised by how supportive and willing they were to share share things about their journey. Um, and then, of course, my husband is definitely a co-pilot along the way. Um, he's he's less risk averse than I am. So um, along the journey, there have been points where um, he's been a little more nervous about what we're building and the risks and like what the possible downside is. Um, but he's been a great counterbalance to everything I've thought through um, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's so important. Actually, we hear that we hear that a lot. The the spouses can be really instrumental and critical you know, to being that person to, like you say, counterbalance uh, opinions and thoughts. Um, and it's great to hear that EO is that partner for you as well. Uh, I think I definitely feel the same way. So it's, um, can you imagine a life where there wasn't other entrepreneurs to talk to? It'd be very lonely, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently? So we're about 67 employees right now. And we have some pretty aggressive growth targets going forward. And so the challenge that we've recently solved and are sort of in the process of solving for like what the next generation of the business looks like is org structure. Um, so one thing we're as a, so our, our business being marketing technology consulting, and one of the things we're always wrestling with is how to give our team members um, technical leadership. So someone who's supporting supporting them by looking after the solutions that they're building for customers, but also more of that people leadership and um, like direct manager relationship. Um, so we adopted a pod model early on where we have kind of smaller delivery teams that are working as part of a broader whole and um, support each other kind of with cross-functional support needs. Um, I think the next generation of our org structure is going to look a little more like a matrix, um, but working through how to make, make sure that there's clear lines of accountability and that we're not um, adding bureaucracy or um, non-value added things to our process as we grow. Mm-hmm. So, so t- just dig a little bit deeper for me there because I'm trying to understand what that that looks like. So can you just kind of like say, because the challenge I know always is, yeah, how do you create, how do you not create bureaucracy when there's so many lines of um leadership and people reporting into different people so how are you going to retain I'm assuming you still want to retain some type of like I don't know like personal touch or people feel like it's still a small organization but it's also a growing dynamic organization how do you do that yeah 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 so where where we're at right now with that is we have client delivery teams that are um like eight to ten people um that are focused on a particular subset of clients um, we've organized our, our teams by client maturity with marketing automation. So for customers that are just getting started, there's a team that's focused on 
kind of newbie customers. Um, there's a, a team that's focused on like helping people optimize when they've already been on the systems for a while. And then it kind of goes up the spectrum to like the most edgy, innovative, creative customers that we have. Um, and right now, I think um, that need that you mentioned of like feeling like you're you're part of a smaller, close-knit team within a bigger organization, uh, I think our model is working really well for that. Right. Um, where, where I think kind of the next step for us is going to be is um, how do we ensure that uh, not just kind of like the team support, the camaraderie, the career development, um, that right now is being addressed, but how do we add the next layer of um, leaders who are helping our team progress on the technical side of things as well? So like each of our consultants needs to know Pardot, Marketing Cloud, Sales Cloud, um, and a bunch of other MarTech platforms that our customers use. And um, so looking at kind of how to, how to layer on some of that technical expertise in addition to right. the team and project support kind of thing. Right. I love the fact that you're putting people in like the, the edgier, more innovative type client, you know, different stages of their life cycle, their journey with you all. So um, interesting. Okay. I'm going to we yeah. gonna need need to get you back on the show and see how that all kind of phases out. It sounds exciting. Yeah. And it's, um, originally we had, we had talked about organizing by like SMB, mid-market enterprise yeah. type of split. Um, but what we realized is that there are plenty of enterprise organizations that really aren't that far in their maturity with the platforms and so behave a lot more like somebody who's just standing things up for the first time. Um, of course, there are like organizational complexities that are unique to enterprise compared to SMB. But um, yeah, that's why we've we've chosen to group it around the maturity stage. Yeah, no, that's really really good insight. So, what would be the piece of advice that you would offer other people facing this similar challenge? They're having this growth. You know, you you know, you talked about the fact that you've been able to categorize clients in certain ways, but you know, ultimately, what is what is the goal for that? And then, what is the advice you can provide to other people? I guess my number one piece of advice would be like, you're never really done with thinking about these problems and thinking about org structure and thinking about how to enable your team um, because the market's constantly changing, customers are changing, your team is likely changing as you're hiring and adding new people. Mm -hmm. um, so something I've, I've, I've learned to accept is as soon as we roll out something new in terms of team enablement or org enablement, we know that there's a, like a six month shelf life on that. Yeah. Like you will have to reinvent it. You will have to rethink it. And yeah. that's, that's just the part of the process. That's not, yeah. doesn't mean you missed the mark. It doesn't mean um, anything negative. It's just something that you constantly have to be evolving. Yeah. And, and if you're not constantly evolving, you're not growing. So yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. It's really interesting. Okay, great. Um, so as you, you know, as you're making these changes, has there been any kind of any favorite book or something you referred to that has been really helpful? Maybe not just in this this challenge, but maybe previous challenges. Um, so I used to be huge on podcasts, but now that I don't have anywhere to commute to or a lot of air travel, um, I've been doing a, a little less on the podcast side of things. Um, favorite book um, is art. It's called The Art of Possibility. Um, have you, if, if you've read that before, it's it's. No, I'm going to uh, write it down right now. It's a, it's a really interesting one. It's about um, believing that you're capable of big things and not introducing self-limiting beliefs and not kind of putting approval or acceptance in somebody else's hands. Like 
giving yourself the power to say, like, this was my best effort and like, I'm, I'm happy with this. Um, it's one of my favorite books and I recommend it to all my members. That's fantastic. Okay. Do you know the author of that book? I should know this off the top of my head. Um, let me, let me give it a quick Google. Okay. It'd just be good to include that. I'd love to, though maybe it's not too difficult to find, but. Yeah. Um, Ben Zander. That's his name. Ben Zander. Okay. For our listeners and our viewers, Ben Ben Zander's with a Z. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. Art of possibility. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That's really great. Okay. I'm going to definitely dive into that myself. So, so Andrea, what excites you about the future, your future flight? What does it look like? Um, so I'm really excited to see, uh, so it being in the technology space, um, there have been a lot of promises made over the last decade of like, this is the potential for businesses. This is where technology fits in. Um, but a lot of that hasn't really been realized. So like the picture that Salesforce paints, that HubSpot paints of sort of like 360 new of your customers and how marketing programs should be executed. A lot of businesses are really far away, have been really far away from that perfect state. Um, but COVID has actually been a great accelerant to helping um, show why digital experience is so important. So many businesses have made investments in platforms and team members and expertise uh, to take these things forward. So I'm excited to see that potential finally realized and um, people using those tools to their fullest potential. Yeah. Well, and how do you think COVID, just, do you think it accelerated, it forces to use different technologies? Yeah, I think yeah. sort of the elimination of offline marketing for a short yeah. bit. So yeah. like shutting down trade shows and events, yeah. um, just really kind of turned the spotlight to digital tactics, um, which brought that space forward a lot faster than I think it would have otherwise. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, really good. And, and you're right. It's like just because you're a large enterprise doesn't mean you got your stuff together. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's constantly evolving. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't it doesn't stay still. Technology doesn't stay still. So, um, you know, as soon as something new comes out, I'm not saying everything you, is new you want to integrate, but the possibility again to get closer to your customers continuously there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um so who are you, Andrea? This is like I'd love to kind of kind of dig into a little bit about your journey, you know, pre-flight. What is what did that look like? Yeah, so I um I'm a Navy brat. Um I was born in South Carolina, but moved across the country a lot as a kid. Um my mom was born in Santiago, Chile, and my dad was born in rural Nebraska. Nice. Um, so and, and my mom is a, a teacher um, currently. She actually she just retired um last nice. year. Um, but I, yeah, I had never thought about being an entrepreneur. Um, I actually wanted to get into government and politics. Um, I thought that that was a path to making change and, um, sort of seeing some of the improvements that I wanted to see in the world, being a part of the solution for that. Um, what I learned though, after doing some internships and on some campaigns and for local government was I actually hate the politicking part of how all that stuff happened. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk and not a lot of work taking place. Yeah. Um, it's pretty frustrating to be a part of. So um, I turned to digital marketing. Um, my first job out of college was working, reporting directly to a CEO of an insurance broker who was trying to get 
CRM and marketing automation off the ground. Um, I, I actually have only ever reported to CEOs in my entire career, which I think that's probably where the entrepreneurial spark was lit because yeah. um, they kind of encouraged me to not be super dependent on them as a boss and sort of just figure things out and run with it, um, which just served me really well. And yeah. um, obviously the place I find myself now. Yeah, that's really great. Fantastic. So I'd love to learn more a little bit about um, the problem that you solve and the impact that you're making right now with your business. So Circante is focused on helping businesses succeed with Salesforce sales and marketing on the Salesforce platform. Um, so that involves a lot of business process work, um, defining sales processes, defining where leads are coming from, how you're thinking about like lead, lead stages, opportunity stages. Um, and when marketing gets involved in that picture. Um, our core specialization is working with Marketing Cloud and Pardot to run email campaigns and run integrated omni-channel campaigns um, and then show how that's driving pipeline and um, report on all the steps a lead would follow along the way. Right. So like customers we work with, like on the big end, we work with Amazon, Slack, Big Telco, um, all the way down to people with two users who are just getting started with Salesforce part out and marketing cloud for the first time. Gosh, so it's such extreme differences in size of companies and different needs. I mean, how many, can I just ask, how many people do you put on like an Amazon account? Um, so our largest account team is probably eight people with a okay. few, um, like cust um, a few specialized resources, like Salesforce developers and analytics folks and things like that, that would pop in in addition to some of those eight people, mm -hmm. um, depending on what the project is. Right. And can I ask, Andrea, like how, how, how much do you as the CEO now touch those accounts? So for some of our larger enterprise accounts, I am still involved in the overall relationship um, and just making sure that like things are going the way intended, key yeah. stakeholders are happy. Um, but my my team has actually gotten to a place where um, they're driving a lot of that day to day, and they just yeah. raise a red flag if there's something that I need to get involved in. Yeah. Um, one of the sort of life things that impacted the business last year was I had my first baby. Yeah. Um, so being on having to go on maternity leave and being offline um, for three months um, <laughs> helped sort of reset the relationship on some of those customers where it was like I I just physically cannot be like present to support you. So you have to lean on the team a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so that, that also kind of changed that dynamic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful. You're right. It kind of forces you, you've got like, there's a life change happening. I'm not going to yeah. be able to be there. And then you realize that your team can cope without you. I think sometimes customers too, when, when they sense that you're starting to pull away, they take that personally sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah. so having, having a, a reason that's like, external to the to your relationship <laughs> like a baby i'm like, having a baby you. <laughs> yeah you're right it's not about you but i think my the reason why i'm so interested in that is like my dilemma you know as it was like with the growth of my company is how do you keep that intimacy with your clients where they feel like they're still getting that you know i know that the quality of the team is important but you say it's hard to pull out. I mean, I've had my children, so I can't use that as an excuse. Yeah. I'm just trying to work out what it's going to be. So it's like, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe there's not an answer to it. You just got to just kind of lean in where you need to lean in and um, and make sure you hire good quality people. The other thing that I 
we're trying to do a little bit more of now that travel is kind of back on the table is yeah. customer onsite so that the customer can meet the account yes. team. Yeah. We found to be just total game changers in terms of building trust and accelerating the relationship. Yeah, 100%. No, I really, really agree with that. Love that. Okay, so Andrea, if you were to do this all again, would you do it all over again? And I love this question. I just find it, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think very interested to hear in the entrepreneurs that say no. I know. Um, <laughs> but my, my answer is definitely yes. And I probably yeah. would do it earlier. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I've, I've never felt, felt so like personally, mentally, professionally fulfilled. Yeah. Um, I was, I've been, when I've been building my business and, yeah. um, so yeah, I would, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, that's a, so good. And you know, I actually haven't had anyone who said no. I've had people who say I would have not maybe done a few things. Um, but I think everybody tends to feel like, I mean, you've created your own pathway and, um, yeah. and with that comes the whole flexibility, like being a mom and being able to work from home and all the benefits there. So, yeah. And there's just something really powerful about knowing that you own your destiny. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, I wouldn't give that up for anything. I mean, yeah. there's definitely days where I wake up and I'm like, why did I do this? What am I doing? Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Like That's individual cool. days. <laughs> That's but, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't walk around with a smile on your face every day. I mean, someday. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's interesting you say, I would. I wish I'd started earlier. And, and I had the same view myself, but I wonder, and then you think, well, but then, you know, I do think the experience that you got and that I got, you know, whether it was in corporate or whatever that was, um, enabled you to be able to feel like you're ready to do this because it's it's not easy to say I can do this on my own yeah a hundred percent and I mean I, I draw on examples and things that I worked on in those past roles all the time so yeah. that that experience definitely contributed to like where I am now and where the business is now yeah um just looking back um I mean there there was a lot of opportunity in my niche when I when I started Tricante um but like three, five years before that was sort of like the birth of that as a space. And it would have been cool to be a part of that earlier. But yeah, to your point, I don't I don't know if the success would have been the same without those past experiences to draw yeah. on. And I have a question, which I'm sorry, I did not prepare you for, but I've got to ask you, where did the name Sicante come from? Yes. Um, okay, so um, quick origin story of the Pardot name, which was the original product that we supported. Um, so Adam Blitzer and David Cumming, who is obviously an Atlanta entrepreneurial hero, yeah. um, when they started Pardot, they used dictionary.com to look up the word marketing in a bunch of different languages and found Pardot.com. It was available for $8 and it actually means marketing in Latvian. Oh. Um, there's no there's no connection to Latvia whatsoever. It's just okay. easy to say, free to yeah. your low cost domain. Um, so I went through a similar exercise when I started Serpente, but the word that I used was um, seeking because I think so many businesses see kind of this polished picture of what digital marketing and CRM could look like. Um, they buy the products, they're super excited about it, but then they look at their business and it's so far away from, yeah. the reality is just so far away from the picture that they want to get to. So yeah. we help companies that are seeking to make the leap from where they are now to where they could be with technology. So 
Sercante means seeking in Esperanto. Very good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love the fact that, and you're right, seeking, always seeking a better path of doing things. There's so many ways you can express that. So yeah. People always ask you with Spanish, but yeah, no, it's Esperanto is the language. Yeah, no, I love, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's really good to know. So a um, little bit about you, Andrea. Tell me, what do you, I know you've got a young baby, um, which is wonderful. It's a little girl, I think. Is that right? Yes. Yep. What's, what's her name? Her name's Arla. Arla. It's A-R-L-A. Yeah, Arla. Lovely. But what do you do for fun? Like when you're not working and maybe when you're not with uh, gorgeous Arla, what's happening? Um, so there isn't a lot of time, I'm not going to lie, between the business and doing the, the new mom thing. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I drink a lot of wine. I love wine. Um, my husband and I actually bought a small vineyard in North Georgia during the COVID. Um, so learning how to care for grapes and, um, like all, just all of the different steps before, before grapes actually become wine, um, that's a learning process that has filled a lot of our free time over the last two years. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Drinking wine is definitely a pastime of mine as well. So it's like, <laughs> and it's amazing. North Georgia has really good wineries, isn't it? I did, did a, a tour recently with EO. It was wonderful. Yeah, they do. And um, so ours is an LJ, and right. LJ also has an a amazing sense of community around the wine industry. So yeah. the local community is pretty supportive of it. All of the winery owners support each other, know each other, back each other up. Um, and so it's a, it's just a really cool environment to sort of watch from the, watch from the ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, have, and, and do you like wine from other countries as well? I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, to be honest, I'll drink just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spanish wines, Chilean wines. <laughs> and and for, I love that and for, for our listeners. Like it's, it's nine 15 in the morning and we're talking about wine and we're going to drink <laughs> any type of wine. So I love that. We should have done a glass when we did this podcast. Maybe it's a little bit. Have. Yeah. <laughs> could have poured it in our cereal. How about that? So, <laughs> so um, thank you for sharing that, Andrea. So I've loved talking to you. I feel like it's gone so quickly, but I would love to understand where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? What's the right way to do that? Yeah. So my, my door is always open. I love connecting with fellow entrepreneurs and just anybody that's trying to build something cool. So my email is just Andrea at Sercante.com, um, S-E-R-C-A-N-T-E. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, although I don't know how much longer I'm going to stick around for that shit show. <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, any any of those venues, I'd love to yeah. connect. Okay, that's really, really good. Um, well, thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. You're um I have time I meet you. I've seen you at a few events before, but I just love the fact that the growth you're happening in your business is amazing. And then the growth of you personally with your family. So it's just, um, it's really delightful to see that. Uh, I want to thank our audience. Um, if you learned something today, maybe you laughed about something, maybe you just like, you just really want to let other people know about it, then please do tell someone about this podcast, The Entrepreneur's Flight. Again, thank you so much, Andrea. And this has been another exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight. And I look forward to seeing everybody next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. 
For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.